Hi, I'm Lana Flatteron, and today I'm interviewing Craig Syracusa, owner of God's Plan Productions and host of the talk show, Walk in Faith, to talk about God, Jesus, as this is dear to my heart. God is number one. I say it all the time. I trust, love, thank, and praise Him. And Craig speaks about Jesus every day. And I want to learn more about his journey, what he does, what he recommends, what he believes, and how he is spreading the word of Christ. So, Craig, thank you for doing this today with me. I'm so excited. My pleasure. That's a lot of questions in one. I don't think I can answer them all. <laughs> no, no. I'm going to start going one by one wait, with the questions. The but you know, no, 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 no. So and I wanted... are we related? I think we're yes, sort of related. Yes, left we're through marriage. <laughs> through marriage. All right. Just we were sort of cousins. Um, but I wanted to begin with a prayer. Oh, okay. Would you so, like to lead in prayer? Or? No. Okay. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Lord God, thank you for this opportunity for us to come together at this beautiful space to to speak about you and to talk about the word of God and how, you know, my life has been transformed and inspired by your word. And I hope that our words and the questions will have the ability to speak to someone and plant the seed of hope. In Jesus' name we pray. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's hard for a Catholic to pray on the spot. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. So I wanted to begin with you, if you could please explain how your journey started on this religious path. Mm. So I was born in 1989. So I've always had a foundation of faith. You know, growing up, I grew up in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. My mother had a strict rule. It was no church and no go outside. So that was like the strictest thing. So every Sunday, you always had to go to church. We were always like involved in the church. And it was funny because I have asthma. And when I was, I don't know, let's say eight, nine, ten, I discovered every Sunday I'd have an asthma attack. So I was like, Ma, I can't go to church. I have an asthma attack. But then on the way home from church, when she came back, I was healed. It was like a miracle. So she caught on quick and it was like no more asthma on Sunday. So I always had to go to church. I had that seed of, of, of faith and my grandmother instilled in me. It was just something that was part of who we are. And I thought everyone was religious or Catholic or Christian, believed in God growing up. So it was sort of throughout my journey. I started working in a church. I don't even know. Maybe it was like eight or nine. I was really young, 10. We used to clean St. Dominic's when I was a kid and we'd get 20 bucks and we would have to clean the church and it was just something I loved. My brother, we did it together. So I always had that foundation of faith, not realizing it was you know, really becoming who I was. And then over time I grew up and like most people, most kids, right? You sort of, you dabble and you, and you sort of, you find a different path. So for me, I got into acting and directing and filmmaking and then faith or religion or my personal journey, faith sort of, you know, took a, a, a sort of the back seat. And I started doing really well in that business as, a, as an actor, not so much, but in films, independent films, reality shows, I did really well. And then it was later on in life when I, I did a pilgrimage to Fatima. I was filming a documentary to follow a bunch of kids who were going to, you know, meet the Pope, encounter the Pope. It was World Youth Day. It was probably like 12, 13, 14 years ago. And out in the documentary on the shoot... I didn't realize that God was speaking to me directly and I had an experience in Fatima that I know it was the Holy Spirit. It was something that uh, it changed my life immediately, you know, and I wasn't drinking. I wasn't on any drugs. It was, you know, I was filming and it was just something that happened. And then the journey continued the next day as we went to the mass and things just kept happening. And when I got home. I really wanted to discover what that was. And at the time I was working. I just finished a reality show. I was making money and I was doing boxing and I was busy. And um, I just had this, this, this calling just sort of came over me. I reached out to this Catholic TV station, NetTV, and wrote them an email about something. I met with them and they said, hey, would you want to work here? And I said, no, you know, I'm, I'm literally was working in another job. I was doing the upfronts at the time and we were working. And I said, I'll get back to you. And then my wife, your cousin, <laughs> said, uh, 
take the job. You know, we just got married and I said, all right, I'll take the job. And I took the job, but I still didn't have that. I didn't really reconnect with my faith. I thought I, I knew who Jesus was. I thought I had a relationship because I made the sacraments and I went to church, but I had no idea what a relationship or who Jesus was, right? Because I went to church. It doesn't mean that I know who Jesus is. I didn't know anything about it. And then that journey continued. And I realized later on, as I was working in this company and working for the church and doing faith-based programming, that that was what I was called to do. It was a long journey and I saw how doors and opportunities kept opening up. And the more that I, I wanted to build that relationship with Christ and the more I saw that he was constantly chasing me, it's when I looked back and said he was there the whole time. And he was quiet and I ignored him and I, and I was able to drown him out because of all the worldly possessions that were going to keep me happy and all the money they said that would make me happy and this fame and lifestyle that I chased. And I realized that none of that was ever going to make me happy. And now all I do is I chase after him. I want to know everything about him. I want to know all about and then I want to tell people about how like my life transformed and your life, your life can also transform if you sort of, you really have to discern and build a relationship with Christ. It's not about going to a building all the time. It's about a relationship. So now I devote my life to telling as many people as I can on every platform. And I use all the skills and talents and all the shows and the relationships that I still have and made in the, in, you know, in Hollywood or in the, and you know, in Manhattan or wherever you want to call it to build a bridge for people to say, who is this Jesus guy? I want to find out more about him. And that's all I do every day is something related to evangelization, to spreading the word of God through movies, films, TV shows, reality shows, anything I can make. So, and that's my journey now. So when did it actually start that you started like actually working on this and like, you know, speaking the word of God professionally? Uh, so professionally was, I would say 14 years ago, 13 years ago, I became director of program production for a Catholic TV station, Net TV. So I ran all the program production for, you know, 10, 12, 12 years, I would say. Then I transitioned to a new position now as executive director for the Emmaus Center, which is starting a new company for the Diocese of Brooklyn. The bishop appointed me as that. And now I'm running this new opera house with Monsignor Jamie, who's a partner, my partner. And we're building a new company, something new in Williamsburg, you know. So, but I've been doing this professionally for 14, I'd say 13, 14 years. I went from doing the upfronts with Snooky on a Friday to working for the Catholic Church on a Monday. It was like this. And, you, you know, people think, and I think a misconception why people have issues with faith or is because when you come to Christ, when you have a relationship or an epiphany or an awakening, whatever you want to call it, and you want to tell everyone, you think right away, you know, life is easy now. I found God and I'm Christian or I'm going to worship Christ and life is easy. And it's not. It doesn't say it anywhere in the Bible. Life will be easy. So I think people see that and say, well, why is this happening to me? And right away at work, I wasn't accepted. I came with a, you know, expensive car a Gucci bag and a Rolex and it's like, yeah, I'm ready to work here. And they're like, well, you know, I wasn't accepted that way. And that was my, like you said outside, it was my test of faith. I could have left and went back to work in the city because people were still calling me, hey, you know, we have season two coming up on the show I just did and you could do more boxing and I could do movies. And I just walked away from it all in a sense. And I, and I just kept saying, well, if God can, you know, go through what he went through and the pain that he suffered, I can easily stick this out for a while. And every day it got easier and easier. And there were days I, I tell my son now, I used to sit in the car and eat lunch by myself because nobody wanted to talk to me. And it took so long for them to say, wow, I, you know, this guy's really on fire. And now, because I went through all that, you know, and I built such a, a platform, it's to me now, it's like, first of all, I would never do anything else, but it's, it's just different now. 
You know, now when I speak, people want to listen. And when I do my shows, people want to watch them. I do events, people come. They want to hear what I have to say because of that journey of faith, which was, you know, my whole life. From my mother saying, no, a church and no go outside. You know, so it started there. Yes, they planted the seed. Um, But so now what are you doing currently? Tell me about this new opera house. And like, is this like your full time commitment now? So it's funny. Is this my, only, it's, the only thing you're doing right now? No, that's so, so. The other day, my <laughs> wife had to fill out. My son goes to St. Leo's in in Lincroft, in Jersey. So they had to fill out. What does your husband do? And we sat there. I said, I don't even know what I do. I have like like every day it's something different. So like today, what am I doing? Like so, my nine to five, quote unquote, executive director for the Emmaus Center, which is a new company we started, new not for profit, and I run this facility. The facility is, you know, it was built in the 1800s. It's one of the largest and biggest opera houses in Williamsburg in Brooklyn. We just renovated it and we do events there. So I run that building, run that space, but I'm creating a company. So you're talking about from 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 anything, from the finances to the development to, so I'm building that company. I have my own company, God's Plan Production, where I do a lot of, uh, you know, I have retainers with clients and I do TV shows, documentaries, whatever comes my way. And then also, too, like we're in the process of writing a book and then we invest in statues and different products. And so I have all of that. And then every day I do my podcast and I do my daily devotionals and I do my show Walk in Faith, which is on 10 or 12 different networks throughout the country, throughout the world. So I'm building that show. And then so there's a million things I'm doing at once. I mean, it's never like it really just depends on who I'm talking to and, you know, what day it is. Like, I honestly have to think sometimes like I have no idea what I'm doing today. It's always something different. So I'm juggling. A lot of different balls. Okay. So now going back to when you had that moment 14 years ago in Fatima, what was that experience like? And was that when you started, like you did say, you called someone. Um, tell me about how that path happened. Like what, what got your experience was and then what led you and what was the next steps after that? Yeah, I went on the documentary on the trip to film, right, to follow these six kids to see if they would have a change, right? Because, you know, you go on these pilgrimages, these, these trips. It's a vacation. Oh, I'm going to go on vacation with my friends. And then you realize how hard it is. So I wanted to see the name of the documentary is called Test of Faith. I wanted to see what their test was, when they would break down. And they all broke down at a certain point. I never thought that it was for me. When I look back, I'm like, it was never about the kids. It was what God was doing to me. So I was filming and Fatima is like, it's a place where Mary appeared, which actually was just recently they celebrated. I think it was 104 years. She appeared to three children. So every night they have a mass and I'm filming and there's thousands of people there. And I remember just feeling this wind take over me and I just felt like my body was just moving around. It was just this bizarre feeling. And I called my mother and I just said, hey, mom, I'm sorry. And she didn't know why, but I knew at that moment something happened. And then the next day we went for a walk to meet the Pope, which is like a 15 mile walk. And it was beautiful, sunny. And then we got there, a storm came in. And so there's 3 million people there. So if you've ever been around 3 million people, it's, it's not fun. 3 million people in a small area, it's crazy. And they were shooting fire hoses at us because that's how we would get cool down or water. It was just really not a place I wanted to be. But you need to strip everything away. And that's when God works. So I realize now as an adult or older man that that's what I needed. So as we're there, this storm rolls in and it was a storm like you would see in TV. And we all run into a tent and the tent lifts up in the sky and comes down and crashes down on everyone. So I run out, right? I'm filming, my camera goes and, and these kids are pulling everyone out, like rescuing people that the tent fell on. And it was wild. And Dana called me about three minutes late. Now I'm in Madrid. I think Madrid or Brazil. No, Madrid. And Dana calls me, my wife, and says, are you okay? 
How would she know that? Mm. You talk about the time difference. And I said, I'm okay, but something happened. And I said, I, I want to leave now. I wanted to get out. I was like, I got to get out of here. Now it's raining and we're so far away and, and I have equipment. I was like, so I had to stay there. The next day the sun rose, the Pope spoke. And I said, okay, now I get it. And then it just kept happening more and more and more and more. These experiences, like I did work for the Pope, you know, and I, I met him and I was invited to the Vatican. And I started to see all these opportunities coming along. And I said, okay, as long as I keep discerning and staying focused on what he's calling me to do and drown out the rest, this is the path I need to, to keep, you know, moving in or following. And that's what I've been doing for the past X amount of years. Yeah. Do you have like a mentor coach or any like anything that someone's teaching you more about Christ or are you learning on your own or? Um, it's a mixture. I mean, I read a lot, a lot, right? A lot. I'm always reading so many reading? books. Oh my God. Well, I read, I mean, <laughs> I get authors that send me books all the time. So like different genres, like right now I'm reading, I've been reading a lot recently about um, criminals, a lot of mafia guys that have come to Christ, a lot of them. Uh, so I'm reading a lot of those books now. It always comes in like, just like for some reason, like these different I don't know, topics. I don't know if it's a coincidence or it just happens that way, but it's always different topics. I mean, I've, I read so many books. I mean, in my, by my bed, I have stacks of books that people send me and sometimes I can't even read them all. So right now I'm reading uh, three, maybe five different books at once, you know, and I do read have, in the morning. Do you have a favorite book? Oh my God, a favorite book? I mean, the Bible I know is the book. I mean, I read, I read that, I read that book every day, but I mean, I don't, I don't know. Cause most of them, they're usually biographies, right? Most of them, you know, and I'll put them down and then I, I try to forget about them because what I do is I retain all the information for the interviews. So I memorize a lot of them. And then when I have the interview, I, I try to forget it because it's just too much to retain, you know, like, and, and if I don't do an interview immediately after I read it, I get annoyed because I can't retain all that information. So, yeah, I have on November 3rd, I think I have like three interviews and maybe four. And I'm like, man, it's like three, four books. Sometimes it's a lot to retain that information. So, but I don't think I have, I don't think I have a favorite though, to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah. I don't think there's anything I've, I've gone back to and, and read. I, I, I love Bishop T.D. Jakes' books though. I do read all his books all the time. Dr. Miles Monroe, I read all their books all the time. So if I had to pick, I would say those two would probably be my favorite. Okay, great. So then how, like, like you preach, or I, I say preach, but you, I, I, you speak about God every day. And like, you on, you know, even I see you on Instagram and, and you talk about, and I said, you read the meditations from mm -hmm. Charles Stanley. What's the actual book's name for Charles Stanley? I don't even know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, I've been reading it for about five years. Okay. I don't even know the name of it. Okay. I bought it at thrift, like a, like a thrift store. So Michael's or one of those stores when I was with my wife and we just picked it up and, I started reading it, you know? Okay, but I also know you've gone through training and stuff because you yeah. are a life coach too, with yeah. the faith? Yeah, I did a Christian, so during COVID, you know, like most of us, we were home, right? I was working from home. And um, the thing that was, was bother not bothering me, but so doing my show, right? I mean, so I would read a lot and I knew a lot based on what I would read in the research, but I said, what happens if a guest doesn't show up? And I got to talk about, you know, uh, fear, or, or discerning is something I love to talk about. Following your dream. 
most people talk about on the surface, right? Because we can all use mindset. Everyone, you explain mindset to me. It, it, it's the definition is like 400 pages. Like it's not, oh, it's how you feel and how you think. It's the way you feel. No, it's not. Read it. And you'll say, oh my God, I didn't realize it's 400 pages of explanations. So I said, I want to understand the real meaning of these words and things that people throw around. So I said, I'm going to go back to school for it. And I went to school to be a life coach, which, so I started to learn more about life coach, right? To be a life coach, Christian life coach. So I got certified in that. I loved it. And then during that, I said, you know, wait a second, if I'm going to tell people or use the Bible as a way of influencing people or discernment, or, but I got to really understand the passages now, because otherwise I'm, I could lead you down a wrong path. How do you know what God really meant in that passage? Most people don't know. I don't know everything either. Obviously, we're learning. So like I said, I got to go back to school for that now. So now I'm back in school again. And I'm like, oh, man, so now I'm back in school for theology, which I don't like. No offense. It's just not my thing. So now I'm learning more about it because so the journey doesn't end because for me, I want to be able to explain it and debate it, but also lead people the right way. I don't want to just take a passage and say, this is what he meant, but really that's not what he meant. So most people don't understand. So when you read through it, you say, this is exactly what he meant. So that's why I only talk about what I know until I learn more and then I'll talk about everything, but... It's a, it's a never ending. Do you uh, think journey. anyone really knows one hundred percent because it's God? Like, I mean, anything can be left for interpretation, or you know. So, do you think that? Do you think there's like this is what it is? Like literally, like uh, I that, mean, like someone has the answer, and if if someone has the answer, who would you say has the answer? I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think people that study and theologians and and that really know. I mean, not to say well, priests know the Bible. I mean, a lot of my pastor friends, the pastors, they know the Bible. I mean, when I talk to them, I have a lot of evangelical friends, big pastors, mega churches, and I call them and ask them questions and they know it. They explain it. I'm like, wow. I mean, they know the Bible. I mean, do, would I say somebody knows it completely and understands the translation from Aramaic or Greek or Latin? I don't know. You know, I know that for me, I, I want to keep learning about it. You know, I don't want to rely on someone else's interpretation. I want to understand what he meant in that passage. You know, what the, this, what exactly it means. So for now, like I said, I talk about what I know and what I've experienced. And then as I, along my journey, I'll add a few more things as I learn them. So I'm not just talking about using words like mindset. And then all of a sudden I get a hashtag and people want to follow me. But if you really ask me the question, I would say, that's a good question, you know, and I can't explain it. You know, that to me is you're leading someone down a wrong path. And that has more of a negative effect on somebody if I don't explain it and say, this is what it really means. And this is what, you know, so I'm, I'm always cautious on what I talk about. How about Billy Graham? Did you like him? I loved Billy Graham. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I loved his stuff. I loved his energy. You know, like when I do my preaching, my wife is like, oh, I hate when you put that voice on. And that's in influenced by people like Billy Graham, Bishop T.D. Jakes, where I have this energy and uh, it's sort of like you turn it on. It's also because you got to fit it in a minute and you only have a minute to talk on Instagram. So it became this like passion, but the, the voice or the, the character, the passion is true. It just comes, and I don't think about what I'm gonna say. It just, it just comes, you know, I don't even know what I'm gonna talk about half of the time and it just comes out of my mouth. But I love Billy Graham. I still watch Billy Graham's uh, videos and yeah, he's great. I was supposed to go to his uh, museum before COVID and I think I don't even know, North Carolina or Atlanta. But everything was canceled, so I do regret not going there. Well, you still can. Yes, I will. I will. <laughs> I will. Okay, so I wanted to know, like, I don't know specifically, like, specific beliefs you believe. Mm -hmm. Like, because I feel like if someone says, what do you believe? Uh, you say I'm a Roman Catholic, you know, and I believe X, Y, and Z. Is there something that you specifically say? Follower of Christ. 
I follow, you know, the teachings of Christ. That's what I, I go to Catholic church. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I have a lot of evangelical friends. I read the Bible. I follow Christ, you know. That's what I do. I go to Catholic church. I don't go to a, an evangelical or Christian or Baptist church. If I was brought up in a Pentecostal or Baptist church and my mother was, you know, what I have, I would I'd be fine with that too. I have no issue. I mean, I do envy some of my evangelical friends because they know the Bible. You know, I'll have conversations with Catholics sometimes and they, most of them don't even understand the Bible. They'll re- repeat it or recite it, but they don't truly understand it. So not to say that I know it all either because I definitely don't, but... I, yeah, I'm a follower of Christ. You know, I try to bring people to a relationship with Christ. I don't say go register at St. Peter and Paul and go register at St. Dominic's. I say you need to build a relationship with Christ because you could make all your sacraments and read the Bible, check the box, whatever, and still not understand what he's calling us to do. You know, so my job or what I want to do is bring people to Christ. So how do you do that? What do you tell them? So it's so it's not even about just what you say to them, Right. So it becomes who I am. It's a lifestyle. It's not like, you know, and I say it's, it's very similar for me for the gym. This is something I do every day. It's not like, you know, on Sunday and Saturday, I'm this guy and then the rest of the week, I'm somebody else. I'm always the same person. This is all I talk about. This is all I do. So it's it doesn't necessarily have to be what I say. It's my actions. So I want people to see something unique in me. So when they see me, they go something different about that person. And that's Christ. That's how, you know, I try to embody Christ, the Holy Spirit. So, like, there's a past that you talk about, and it's simple. Always return your shopping cart. And you think it's so stupid, but you go, nobody's watching, right? But why is it so hard? But he's watching. So, it's those little things, Mm -hmm. smiling, saying hello, the way I treat my son, the way my son acts. All of that is where people look and say there's something unique about him. If I was to talk about come to Christ, and the next day I'm doing something that's completely contradictory to what I'm saying— then I'd be a fraud or a contradiction. So living that lifestyle is in every aspect of my life. What I read, what I watch, I can't watch certain movies at all anymore because I don't agree with it, right? I don't agree with the violence, the music, right? We grew up in the hip hop era, right? Excuse me, well, very rarely. What? I was a little more dance. Oh, sorry. Well, for me, I loved hip hop, right? But like, I can't listen to a lot of it anymore. So it becomes a lifestyle. So you do an inventory of everything you do. So someone's come to my house and they would look at what I read and what I do. They would say, interesting. It wouldn't be something that stands out and they go, what's on, what do I listen to on the radio? Joel Osteen. Every day on Sirius. That's all I listen to. That or chill music, which is just like dance music, very light. You know, or Christian rock. So everything is, that's me. So it's nothing that's like, there's something odd. That's who I am, mm-hmm. you know? All no, no, my I social like, media feeds, it's all the same. There's nothing different. And I feel like because you are speaking about God, you now have to be more accountable Like because people are watching you, even though you say they're not. I feel like Joel Olstein said something like that, you know, there are people watching, even when you think that there isn't anybody watching. So mm-hmm. you have to be more conscientious about it. Everything. Um, but okay, so if I had a conversation with you and like I, I wasn't a believer, and I am a believer, but if I wasn't, like what would you say that I should do? I like mean, the first thing I should do. Well, I mean, so I mean, that's so like if somebody, like I like to talk to, talk to people like about fulfillment, like, you know, like, or a lot of people I meet, whether they're wealthy or not, you know, I like to know are they fulfilled? Are they happy? You know, so like it's things like that. Those are things that we can make changes. Or reasons why you're not happy. What do you listen to? What do you do? Like, you know, so like people that are either unhappy or they're not fully satisfied with their life, right? I like to talk to people like that. 
you know, I like to understand the moments when people, and we said it on the phone, when people had that that moment of like despair where life wasn't going according to their plan and they they reached out to something and they, whether it, they called the universe or God and they prayed and things changed. So like, I like to talk about that, but really, you know, are you, the question is, who am I? That's the basic question, who am I? And you're gonna say, well, I'm a podcast and I do. No, what are you called to do? And we all have a specific reason but what happens is in life and society says it's according to your plan. What do I want to do? Right. Guidance counselors. Well, this is what you should do because you make a lot of money. Financial gain. That's not what we're called to do. So it's about fulfilling a purpose according to God's plan. So when you realize that life is very different, if I would continue down my path, you know, I, yeah, I can make a lot of money and I'll be happy, quote unquote, but I won't be fulfilled. So I'm not really successful because that's not what I think success is. So you can meet a lot of people that are rich, wealthy, that stars. And then if you talk to them, because I've spoken to thousands of people, thousands of celebrities, and a lot of them are not happy or fulfilled. They create the persona, but beneath that, are they really fulfilling what they were called to do? So I talk to people about that. Whether you're cleaning, you know, Bellworks or you're the executive, is this really what you were called to do? So like, I like to talk to people about that, discern what God is calling you to do. So what is your gifts? What has God given you? What do you like to do? Really beneath like the surface that you don't share with anyone, why? Is it a calling? Is it to serve or is it to make money? Because if it's to make money, we need to make money, obviously. But if it's, that's the driving force, I guarantee that's not from God. Because God's not going to tell you like, do this, you're going to make a lot of money. Even if you say, I'm going to donate it all, because that's not what God calls us to do. So we all have a gift that we're born with. We develop that gift. We go after it. We go through a storm. We question, why is this happening, God? This is what you told me to do. So we give up. Then we look back and say, God, why did this happen? Why am I in this situation? Because you gave up. Right. You expect things to just happen. Right. So then we don't take responsibility for actions and we blame it on everyone else but ourselves. I know why I got here, because I didn't take I didn't have patience. I didn't discern. I went after something because of money. I justify my actions. Those are the mistakes that most people and a lot of people make. I made them. So I talk about that because that's what I know, because I lived it. And most people will agree or they will go through life and say, man, how did I get here? I always wanted to do this. I always wanted to be a teacher. My mother is almost 80. She's teaching CCD and she's like, I always wanted to be a teacher. She's you doing discovered it. that now at 80 years old? You didn't know that when you were 30 or 40? You know, like, so those are the things that you, you know, and, and unfortunately, you know, there are things that happen in life and everybody could unfortunately go after it all. But if you just want to find out what happiness, like you don't need to have a job to be happy or to fulfill your calling. So those are like the things I like to talk about with people to try to unlock something where they go, I never thought of that, or maybe I have, and I buried it, so. Well, I have to say that, like, personally, like, my parents planted the seed, and then when I went through, you know, times and trials in my life that I turned to God, that was the first thing. And so, like, I always feel like, and I always, like, want to know, like, what are the steps or whatever? What do you feel like the steps are? But I feel like church was the first step for me, and um, <clears throat> and at one point, I, I did do, of like, a four-year Bible course because I wanted to read the Bible, and the Bible reading the Bible was challenging for me. Because I would read it, <laughs> closing the book, like falling asleep. And I'm like, I have to do this. I want to read this, you know? And so I did a Bible course. But so that's why I'm saying, like, if someone says, okay, well, how do I learn discernment? Like, what should I do? Or like, how can I? And I, so I feel like, do you feel that, like, number one, like, how can they bring, get closer to Jesus? Do you feel like they should go to church or they should do something specific? Like start reading the Bible, even if it's like 10 minutes a day, like anything specific. And then also about the discernment mm -hmm. part, how can they 
start discovering like the discernment part. So you're praying or meditating, we're just praying, right? And people are like, oh, I don't know the prayer. Praying is what I do is all day long. I'm in the car, thank God for Bluetooth because people think I'll always think I'm nuts. I'm just talking to God about everything. Should I park there? What should I eat for dinner? You know, going over my day. Should, and that's kind of, that's praying, right? Because I'm not relying on myself. I'm not relying on my emotions. I'm relying on something above me, right? And then I have a conversation, right? And that's praying. In the morning, I read, I pray, right? Or I listen to podcasts, or I listen to a lot of show. You know, things that are going to inspire me. I always listen to pastors and preachers talk about God, talk about the Bible, do, you know, mass. I listen to mass every day, mostly Pentecostal, evangelical churches because they're always posting. And I listen, I learn the Bible. And then I say, oh, he's speaking to me. But the first thing is just praying. And if you know the, the, the formal prayer is fine, but otherwise it's just asking or relying on something beyond yourself, right? So I start my day just talking to God, go to sleep, talking to God. And nighttime I read this, I have a Joel Osteen who I like, he has these, these like one minute devotionals. I read it at nighttime before I go to sleep. I try to do it every day. In the morning I read the Bible, right? I read a couple of passages. I listen to, I love to listen to the Bible to pastors. I love that. In the car. So those are things that anyone can do, right? You can easily turn on serious radio. So praying, but then the thing is when you pray, whatever the conversation is, most people are onto the next thing. They don't give that moment to where God will speak to them. We ask for something and then I'm turning doing something else. Take a moment and just sit there and see how you feel. And usually for me, it's this slow, low little voice that comes, right? In the pit of my stomach and I'm like, okay. And then what I do is I say, okay, so now something comes, but now I have to match that up with God's word, which is like discernment. So if it's, yeah, really do this because, you know, you'll make a lot of money. That's not God, right? So I have to line that up and say, that's not what God would be telling me. Or if it's something like you really shouldn't do this because you'll get hurt. God's not warning me of something, right? Those insecurities, it's, you can call it the enemy, you could say whatever you want. But those are things that like, I know right away that's not God, right? So it's all of those things that I do on a daily basis that most people can do. But discernment's a little bit harder but the first step you could do is just praying. Just have a conversation. So when you say praying, my father always said, just do the Our Father. Are you saying that? Like start out with your, the Our Father? I do that. I mostly just talk to God. Okay. Just, yeah, I just pray like, you know, just whatever, right? Or I'll think about somebody or pray about something, you know? I mean, I do the Our Father and the Hail Mary, but I, the formal prayers, it's more about just conversations with God. You're okay. just talking to him, thinking about it, you know, reflecting on what he said. Read the Bible, see how it speaks to my heart. If I read a passage and I'm like, I reflect on that, like a daily devotional. I'll read it and then I'll think about how he's, how is that speaking to me directly? What is he trying to say? So you can read the same thing a hundred times and then you realize like, okay, that speaks to me very differently in my life today or a different period of my life or career. So it's reading it and seeing how it speaks to us. But why people don't read the Bible, besides sometimes it's hard to understand, is because what it does is it reveals our own sin. So if I read something, I'm like, oh man, I shouldn't be doing this. I don't want to read that anymore. So I'm going to read passages or parts of the Bible that I could relate to, right? And I'll read out, leave out the context of what he's really saying. So when you read it, you go, oh man, this is, I should really have to change my life around. Right? I, really I shouldn't be doing this. This is wrong. It's a sin, whatever. So people don't like reading it. They just read the portion that they like. So I read it and then I say, okay. And thank God in my life now, my convictions will keep me up at night. If I do something that I know is wrong, I'll be up all night worrying about it. And then I have to sit there and go, okay, tomorrow I got to make a change. I got to, you know, repent, return, whatever you want to do, turn from sin, whatever you want to call it. But I have to make changes in my life every day. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good thing. 
Because I think that like you're closer and closer to Christ when you have that conscience, you know, and you're like, oh, you know, yeah. I'm sorry, God, that I did this today. You know, but the, but the closer you are, the more you feel responsible because you and it is a love relationship because you love him. You don't want to hurt him. Mm-hmm. Like just like you don't want to hurt your parents, you know, people you love. So, um, no, that's great. So. So back to, because <laughs> I just say there's somebody here that w- is listening and was like, I want to get closer to God, but I don't know how to get closer to God. Like the first thing, what would you say to do? I would say pray. I mean, just have a conversation. Like you say, Lord God, you know, please come into my heart. You know, like just pray for God to speak to you or, or, or when you hear his voice, you know, it's God. Like some people say, oh, where's God and all this? Go to Home Del Park, walk around. You can see God everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't believe in coincidences at all. There's no such thing as a coincidence. How many things have to line up for it to really happen? Running into someone, seeing someone, looking for, you know, opportunities. Like, to me, that's God. God is everywhere, right? He's always there. He's always talking to us. But we can drown him out. It's so easy to drown out God, right? He'll keep knocking. But so you just look for him. Look for opportunities. Smile. Be nice to people. Treat people with respect. I mean, it's the basic things. And then pray for God to speak to you or to when he speaks to you, understand his voice and not drown it out. But it's really just having a conversation. To me, he's always there waiting. It's not like you have to, like, you know, email him and he'll get back to you tomorrow. He's always speaking to us. He's always around, but we can just, yeah, it's easy to drown him out, you know, mm-hmm. very easy. No, so I do. I try to like immerse myself. I listen to the music, that Christian music and stuff, especially when I feel like I need it too. But I do try to do it regularly, you know, um, but I feel like, yeah, the more and more you can immerse yourself. Mm-hmm. I love Christian music. That's great. <laughs> yeah, we're doing, a, I'm, I'm happy, we're doing a concert with Matt Mayer um, in December at the Opera House. Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah, Christmas concert. Yeah, no, I, I love I love uh, love Christian music. How would people find out about that? For that, it's the the website is emmausbrooklyn.org, and uh, tickets I think go on sale next week. It's thirteenth and fourteenth, which is Matt Mayer will be doing two shows for his new well, his new Christmas album post or pre pandemic. Um, yeah, we have Danny Rodriguez who performed for us last night. Uh, we're going to do an amazing show, and then we have Matt Mayer, and then. Yeah, we've been doing events. I mean, so we're going to start doing more and more events as life gets back to normal. But yeah, I mean, you can go on the website. Okay, great. And so what is your mission? My mission? Mm. My mission. So... Bringing people to closer to Christ? Yeah, I mean, to make it to... You know, when I was a kid, talking about God, wearing rosary beads, I wear all the time, was cool. I remember it was a funny old story. I was at... I used to do TRL as a kid. I was like, my, I was probably one of my first jobs, or if you want to call it a job. And Puff Daddy was there, which I don't think goes by that anymore. And he had rosary beads on, and he remember he did the sign across, and he and he tucked them in. And I was like, man, he's cool because Puffy was cool. I don't mm-hmm. know, he was still cool. Sorry, Puffy was cool, <laughs> but he was cool. And I remember looking at that, and it clicked. And I said, so years back, years later, I look back and I say, I wanted to be cool again to talk about God, to talk about faith. Mm. To not only feel like on Ash Wednesday and Christmas when the world says that I can let you know that I'm a follower or a believer, therefore I'll post it. Why aren't you using the platform you have now? You don't have to do what I do all day long, but I should be able to know that you believe in something beyond yourself from your social media feed. You really should. So it's making it cool again, right? We don't have to believe everything the same, but at least making it cool and where we, I don't have to feel uncomfortable to talk about it. And if you don't believe in it, that's fine. Just like you don't feel uncomfortable to talk about it, I shouldn't feel uncomfortable to talk about it. I shouldn't be afraid to let people know that I, I believe in God. You know, I, you know, and, you know, there are people that, that will go out there and, 
you know, say what they need to say, and that's fine. But I shouldn't be uncomfortable or be afraid to let people know that I'm a follower. So I want to make Christ cool. That's it. How do you do that? Like, I feel like definitely celebrities, any influencer that believes should be speaking about God. And most of them, most of them won't, though. I mean, most of them won't. I mean, they, I mean, to me, they've spoken. I've spoken to thousands of them. Right. On a certain platform. But a lot of times they don't because they, you know, listen, they have it's branding. Right. They're trying to reach a certain audience. So, you know, they're not going to alienate other people because they make money and they're also, you know, signed by whatever agency or company. So it's a lot of it's money. But when you talk to them one on one, most of them that I've met, not all of them, they have a huge sort of connection to faith. They might not say go to this church or that, but they, they have a relationship with something beyond themselves. I'm telling you, I mean, this when, when people say, well, which one? There's so many of them that I've met and interviewed from Dr. Oz to Mon Sheen to, I mean, anyone, I, anyone. Nellie, I did interview Nellie recently. I mean, they all talk about it. When you ask them, their eyes just stop and they look at you and they all say the same thing. No one's ever asked me that question. Do you know how many celebrities I've interviewed? I've read carpets and I'll sit down with them and I'll say, let me ask you. And I'll ask them a religious question. And they'll stop and their eyes are glazed. And they usually get annoyed because they used to doing the same eight questions. You know, where was the movie? Who inspiring? Where's it coming out? And then when you ask them a question that I really want to know about you, I don't really care about the movie. And they just stop. Michael B. Jordan was one. And he looked at me and he was like, Dennis Quaid. I mean, thousands. I could, they'll keep going. Mandy Moore. I mean, and they'll just stop and they'll say, no one's ever asked me that before. And then they'll say the truth. They'll say like, Whatever, you know, there's their true passion, why they do it and what they were called and how they prayed. My grandmother used to pray and I went to church and God was. And you're like, that's what I want to hear. The housewives, the housewives recently. And they were the same. I mean, it's all the same story. But like, it's like, why are they? Like I said, I know, as you said, maybe it comes down to money. But like, if they have faith, that shouldn't come down to money. It should come down to God. God should be first. So I'm like so taken back. And I just remember I remember a time that, and not that long ago, that you were scared to wear a cross. Oh, yeah. You know, and like, which I hope is Oh, I have two over. on right now. I mean, I wear two <laughs> a day. I feel like people need to stand up. I mean, especially yeah. if you believe. And like, I mean, God is number one. Like, if you believe that, you need to say it. And you need to, you know, you know I feel like... Um, I feel like they say the two things about the devil is one, he wants you to believe he doesn't, he doesn't exist. exist, or if you do believe he exists, to be afraid of him, mm. to I fear. Mean, look, it's, so it's not, I don't think it's just money that celebrities don't talk about it. Number one, they don't have the opportunity or the platform always to talk about it. And that was always what I created on my show is that I don't care about the movie per se. I care about you as a person. What was your emotional preparation like? What was the dark time in your life what did you gain from this experience? How are you inspiring people? Questions like that. It's about you, not about the movie. The movie is the backdrop. Oh, the movie comes out on Friday and that's great, right? I remember I did, was it, I forgot what movie, it was a huge film. Oh my God. It was recently, right? Everything's before COVID. And I said to her, before I left, I said, God bless you. You're going to be up for Academy Award. And she goes, did you hear what he just said? And she was. Oh, wow. She, I, now I forgot the movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and, I, and I have the photo with her. And she was a huge follower of Christ. And she spoke about it. But I'm the one that asked those questions. And they said, why do you do that? I don't care. What, are you going to fire me? Fire me. I'm not going to change. And I'm not going to just ask the, the, the sugar questions and the gumball questions. I'm going to ask you the real questions because I want to know that. And so does everybody else. Because what you say is going to have a difference and an impact on someone's life. So if I don't ask those questions, I'm... 
I'm not being who I was called to be. Now I'm just a guy doing it for money. So then I'm a contradiction to what I'm saying. But I think if you give them the opportunity to talk about their journey of faith, it doesn't have to be religion. Just tell me about what you believe. How did you get here? What inspires you? Those questions people want to know. And those are universal questions that we can all relate to. I don't care about your shoes and your jacket and what you're wearing. And that's, that's, that's nothing. That's the persona. Those are the questions that people ask. The questions that I ask and what I want to know is what I just said. And I think if you give them the opportunity to talk, they'll talk. They'll be very open about their, their trials, their tribulations, their life, their struggles. They don't just wake up and become famous and rich. That's a hard life. Very difficult. So those are the things that I want to know. Yeah, so I just don't, how do you make it cool again? How do you make them stop making it cool again? Because I feel like they are the people that could stop making it cool again. And um, and I feel like I feel like they say everybody in their darkest hour is going to, even if they don't believe, going to be like, please, God, if you exist, you know, please help me. Um, but I feel like, it, you know, there's that saying, um, Pasqual, um, I can't. I can't think of the new name, but like, um, why not believe? Pretty mm-hmm. much, why not believe? Like that he exists because he loves you, and you know, even to have that faith, even if it's not true, why not just believe? Um, I feel like it's such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you make it beautiful again? How do you make it like? Because there's so many people lost in this world, yep. so many people suffering. Like, especially now. Like, I, I mean, I don't even know the statistics, but with everything going on, and I feel like. He's somebody you could turn to. He's somebody you could trust. He yeah. said, you know, he loves you. He loves all of us. I mean, I believe he created us. And mm-hmm. that's my belief. I and, mean, you know, um, and if you're so, Joe Rogan, then you have a completely different story, which I'm not a huge fan okay. of Joe Rogan. No offense. <laughs> and his comments, so, but. But it's but, like, yeah. why not believe? Like, I don't I don't get that. Like, why not believe? Because it's only good. Well, He's not only believing good. is believing. Right. So if you don't believe in anything, you, you still believe. You know, I, I mean, it's hard. So, so like, how do you make it cool again? That's where it comes cool down is to. like to me is cool in the sense of not being afraid to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Promoting it. Right. So it's like like so instead of promoting someone's social media about, I don't know, this this new restaurant, this new pizza or whatever. That's cool. Right. People, you get a lot of likes when you talk about God. Most people aren't going to click. Maybe they'll scroll. Maybe they won't. So it's like, just keep talking about it. It's sad. It really is sad. Because that's what society says. And that's what the algorithms say. You're going to get a lot of friends, a lot of likes, a lot of this, if you just sort of conform to what's cool. But then you look back, look at TikTok. I loved loved TikTok. You look at it now, it's changed so much from when it started. Because you keep conforming and changing. And I got to keep raising the bar. And then you get lost in like, first of all, I don't even know who I am anymore. I'm this persona. So it's like, so just if you stay true to the values, basic values, like that's all we're asking you to do is just stay true to who you are, who you're called to be and use social media for the right reason. And just one thing that I love to end on and that is like people say to me all the time, like, I hate social media. I hate, oh, this is all crap. No. What, are, what is in your feed? That's the question. My social media feed is wonderful. What are you Googling? What are you looking up? Don't blame it on social media. TikTok is different because of what they, 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 they make people do in order to get likes. But Instagram, there's beautiful things on Instagram and Facebook. I don't get crap in my feed. I don't get political rhetoric. I get inspirational quotes because when I'm not on Instagram, I'm not Googling and looking up all this crap. So that's why everything when I go on, it's lovely. It is not like, oh, my God, this is 
So that those are the things you can cut out of your life. So don't blame Instagram and Facebook. Blame yourself for doing this, these search engines and whatever you're looking up. It's your own fault. It's not Instagram's fault. Mm-hmm. So sorry. No, no, it's good. My wife no, would it's agree, good. but it's true. I, yeah, I think that I think that what you follow, you get to see more of. You know, even the advertisements are gonna like you know. So if you're like looking up good stuff, you probably more yeah. good stuff is gonna come your way. Exactly, you're a, you're a, you know you're a consumer. They want to keep you on. You get it. Keep me on because what I'm reading is inspirational. The people I follow are inspiring me. I'm mm-hmm. not looking at somebody and some celebrity and just uh, you know like. Uh, and then trying to buy products because they're saying this is the new cooler or whatever they're trying to sell and the new makeup and you buy all this crap. No, I look at things that are going to uplift me, inspire me and keep me moving along my journey. Okay, great. Thanks. So I wanted to ask you, and we kind of maybe talked, touched it on a little bit, but like, do you have any daily routine specifically, like during your day, you do X in the morning, X at night or X in the middle of the day, or do you have a specific routine either you know each day each week each month each year like certain things you definitely do uh covid i was all day long praying reading all that right now i travel a lot with work because of the commute is crazy but i'm every day in the gym and the gym i use it to read which is usually books you Mm -hmm. know faith-based books listen to some sermon pray really that's how i start my day that's that then i read the Bible, or I read the passages, or I read daily devotionals. I usually do that every single day. Sunday, I go to church. Now I started going back more, which I'm happy, but prior to that, it wasn't. But that's usually is my day. But throughout the day, then, like if I'm watching a movie, which I don't watch a lot, or a documentary, it's always going to be something to do with faith inspiration. So music, everything I do. So my routine is all part of my faith. So everything I do is based on that. Because if I'm not, if I'm doing something where I'm not learning something or engaged in, in, you know, the word of God, I don't do it. The events that we do, everything, the movies, the shows, everything I do is based around what I'm trying to, you know, my calling. So my routine is really based on my, my faith. They don't do anything that's really not. You know, there's nothing I could say I do that's not part of that routine or part of my journey of faith. Okay. Yeah, no, like specific because I'm always like... I'm always learning and I'm always like trying to see what other people do, especially people that inspire me, which you do. Um, And so um, even like movies, do you have a favorite Christian movie? Favorite Christian movie? Hmm. I watch, I mean, I do, I don't, it's weird. I don't have anything favorite, but I do like the Bible series I love, Chosen series I liked a lot. Um, Now I'm watching something about Noah. You know, I love Genesis. I love to find out about like Noah's an interesting story about the flood. And this is more historical documentaries. I love to learn about that because like anyway, we have questions. So I'm like, how did this really happen? You know, so like those are the things I want to know. Right. So I'll watch things about that. But I usually I usually only watch, I would say, yeah, just mostly faith based movies. I'm trying to think of the last film that I saw that wasn't it would probably I wouldn't even know. Like well, I haven't been to the movies in a while. I guess the part that you have to be cautious about is like they could change the movie. Like it might not be exactly like the Bible. They could maybe oh, yeah, spin yeah. it like different. So it's like you have to be like mindful of that when you're watching it. It might not be exactly what happened. Yeah. I mean, it's entertainment. I mean, so I, I know <sighs> that, you know, like so I'm aware of that when I watch and I know some of it's entertainment. I just don't like to watch certain things. It's not even that I choose not to. I just don't find interest in it anymore. Like a lot of the old movies I would watch and I put them on. I'm sitting there going. I have to be doing something else right now. This isn't 
this isn't helping me in any way. And I can't just sit there and just shut off and watch TV. I can watch old TV shows. You know, now I'm into the monsters again, you know. <laughs> but like, I, I, yeah, I definitely don't. Uh, so wait, how do you feel about Halloween? You know, Halloween, my son married only five, has always been my favorite holiday. I have so many decorations. And now, little by little, he's letting me bring out more of my goblins and zombies. I have a lot of animatronic zombies. And they're all in the basement. So I love Halloween. I yeah, love like, I'm always like, I'm, I'm, I was, I love Christmas. And Halloween, I'm like, I mean, I think it's like a tradition, but there's a lot of like parts of it that I like, you know. Yeah, I, I like it. Okay. I, I like it because I like to decorate and I like that interaction. In Brooklyn, when I where I grew up, we would give candy out. In mm-hmm, Jersey, yes. you don't really get that. You know, no one's pulling over on the side of my house and walking up the driveway. So I miss that part. But I always liked talking to people and, you know, I just like that. Because to me, it's like serving. You know, people are coming, you're making them smile. You're getting to interact with them. And so I always like that, you mm-hmm. know. I know it's, you know, it's just something. And I love the doing it with my son and building that bond. So Christmas, I love to decorate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like I'll start decorating November 1st. <laughs> no, but like back to the Halloween, there's a lot of scary movies. I couldn't watch scary movies. Like mm. I'm like, I'll, I'll be up all night. Like, you know, so I feel like when we talk about we want to immerse ourselves in, I don't think we should be immersing ourselves in. No, I don't. I don't want. I don't think. I don't. I didn't like them as a kid. I don't like them. There's certain things. So, like, I like the good part of Halloween: the fun, the the pumpkins, the trick or treating. I agree with you. I definitely don't like watching scary movies. Um, so just like I mean, we have like a good ten minutes. Um, but I really want to find out, like, as far as like who do you follow and like or if you wanted to find out like a christian movie you maybe want to watch like what would i google or yeah. you know what specifically uh, books like authors and you mentioned a couple of them but um if you want to like add to that yeah so like sophia institute sends me a lot of books i cover a lot of their authors that's more sophia cons- institute yeah that would be conservative i would say conservative catholic books some of them I like, some of them, you know, they're not for me. You know, some of them are over my head. So I'll read some of their books. Um, I'm, like I said, I mostly get, I get tons of books for free. Tons of books for free. My wife's like, what do you do with all these books? And they're all autographed to my son, Mario. He's got a stack. But there can be a lot of authors who'll send me books, uh, independent authors. One of, my, one of my favorites, I would say, was who became a good friend, was the founder of Annie Annie Pretzels, right? Annie Byler, right? Her and I became friends. She wrote a couple of books, you know, met her through a friend. Fantastic books. Oh, my God. So inspirational. Her story of how she created this global empire, you know, and Annie Pretzels, which we love, which I would love to have free pretzels. Don't. <laughs> but um, so those books, movies, pure flicks is you'll get a lot of Christian. Now, Sony Affirm, which is also sort of a Christian division, they merged or own the company. But you can get really good you know, wholesome content. But the thing is, some, of these, some people don't like Christian movies because it could be boring or they don't like them. But there are a lot of good ones, you know, and, you know, there's some good ones like anything else. But Pure Flix, there's, you know, Net TV, which is where I work. There's Boston Catholic. There's so many Christian stations, Overcomer, Overcomers TV. You can get a lot. TBN, I like TBN shows. There's a lot of good sort of like history shows, you know. And then authors, I, I mean, I love Bishop T.D. Jakes. His last book was Don't Drop the Mic, which I'm almost done with that. Dr. Miles Monroe, who passed away, his books are really good. You know, he hits it to where you read it and you go, oh, my God, like 
there's no punches. Like he doesn't hold back. He just punches you in the face when you read it. And you're like, man, I got to make some changes. Joel Osteen, I like, you know, I'm still waiting for my breakthrough, Joel. I mean, the past nine books that I bought, you promised a breakthrough and it hasn't happened. So I'll buy your next book. But, you know, so there's a lot of books that I'll buy and read. Um, but I, I, Billy Graham, I love his books, but I, I, I really stopped buying books because I'm telling you, there's so many books that I get. I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to read them all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but there's so many places you could find, you know, good content. You know, it's there's a lot of streaming platforms and stuff. Even shows. I mean, my father always liked Charles Stanley and I'll still watch that. Um, but any uh, like shows you as Walk in Faith? Walk in Faith is a great show. It's been on for six years. I mean, I've done. Oh, my God. I can't even tell you how many episodes. So now we're, we're you know, we started shooting at the new space, you know, and it's airing on Boston Catholic and Florida on a station, Overcomers TV. The old ones are on Net TV. EWTN covers some of the older episodes. There's so many, so many platforms that will run the show. Um, there's so many episodes you could watch. In my documentaries, you know, I have a film that just came out. Was it uh, in June that I did called Omarta, The Act of Silence? I did that a while ago. Ring of Faith is a documentary which has been playing on all the TV stations, all the networks now. Which was a documentary I did. I sold that. I don't know, was it two years ago? I think it was. But it's doing really well. It's up for an Emmy. Mario Lopez is in it. I mean, there's so much content that we've created, whether it's cooking shows that I've done or, you know, interview shows, doctor shows. I mean, so many TV shows I created, you know, thousands of hours of content that you could just watch. You might not like it all, but you can watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say no, Ring I of Faith is probably my really favorite. Um, I really love you, Charlotte. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate that. And even like, um, even Joel Osteen, I've been to his Night of Hope. That was nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's other events. Like he, you said, yeah. even at your, you're having the Christmas events. Yeah, we, we, we're going to start doing events like that. Not as mm-hmm. big as Night of Hope. Um, COVID is really, you know, the restrictions in, in Brooklyn are, are pretty tight, you know. So we're slowly sort of, we did a poetry event the other night. And we're slowly like moving people in because of the restrictions. It's hard. How about virtual? Virtual, I mean, we haven't, uh, we could. I mean, we haven't done that yet. Mm -hmm. I mean, the building is new. I mean, my first event was, um, what was it, about a month ago. That was my first event. And we had, I'm going to mispronounce her name, Lauren Aldred, which I only mispronounced it. Sorry, Lauren. And she sang um, Never, which was in um, The Greatest Showman. Her voice, she's with Bocelli now on tour. And her voice was just, you know, she's amazing. So talented. So that was our first concert. So we really kicked it off right. Okay, great. So in the last couple, you know, we have like five minutes left. And I'm like, I'm just trying to keep on time. Speed questions, go. Yeah, no, so um, partnerships, affiliations you have that you could share? Partnerships? Hmm, let me think. Well, I mean, all the stations that I mentioned for the most part, except I would say nine or ten of them, I have partnerships or agreements with where they carry my shows i send them episodes um so you could watch them throughout the country and but i'll you see know. you hashtag like mark world i hashtag them only because you know hopefully they see it or like it really okay. that's it you know but there's no yeah i just do it just in the moment just to you know so just to hashtag them okay. mark's a big follower of christ you know um, very outspoken about his faith. He's cool. So, mm-hmm. you know, because my, my goal is to get people like that. Like Mario Lopez always talks about his faith uh-huh. and he's super cool, right? Yes. Uh, great guy. So like you get people like that to maybe they'll hashtag it, post it, repost it. So that's why I do that. And then there's a couple of things. So number one, I feel like, yeah, with everybody, I mean, like, like even myself, like I feel like if everyone could love more, mm. 
And I feel like this, you know, a big thing that I still work on is mindset. And I feel like it starts with old beliefs or, you know, negative beliefs that you think this is the way things are, but in actuality, it's not. It's your belief Mm -hmm. that if everyone could start thinking differently, (laughs) like Louise Hay, I love, and she's like, Life loves me. If you could, even even her even her her movie, her book, you can heal your life is all about the mind. If everyone could change their mind to love and believe that people love each other, um, I feel like it could be so powerful. And God loves us. God is love. Like He is. That's it. And, and even in the Corinthians, like love is like the the like number one commandment: love Him and love each other. <laughs> So if we could even just change our mindset and work on our mindset, um, I think things could change. Yeah. I mean, remember, if we're all brother, if I say you're my brother, you're my sister in Christ, right? We're all brothers and sisters. I should have to believe that. Because it's easy to say. I can hold a sign. I can walk around. But if I don't believe that, beneath the surface, I don't truly believe that. There's a problem, right? So no matter what you look like, where you come from, we're all brothers and sisters, right? So therefore, I should love everyone. So, but it's hard. You yeah, know? because like I said, there's a lot of like old beliefs and stuff that you're not even conscious of too. Like yeah. and things, you know. So I think it's like the mindset is a huge thing. And so if if someone wants to get in touch with you, how can they best reach you? So I mean, uh, my website's godsplanproductions.com. You know, otherwise the Opera House is EmmausBrooklyn.org. But my social media is my name Craig Syracusa, um, and on my e- on my website, I'm sorry, all my information's there and. You know, I mean, if you just Google me, there's there's probably five other ways you could find me. Um, but yeah, I mean, my stuff is all over the web. Walking Faith is on so many networks and platforms, and my interviews are all over the internet and TV. So it's pretty easy to find me. You know. Okay, good. And then anything else you would like to add or say that we didn't cover, and you'd like to mention? Mm, no, I mean, just really, um, you know, um, this life or following Christ or discerning or going after what God has called you is not easy. You know, and I think people, when they go through the trials, the tribulations, the storm, the first thing they do is quit, right? Or they say, this is too much for me. And they don't realize that they're closer than they think and they got to keep moving forward. And then people think, you know, because they made a deal or an agreement with God or a door opens or closes, you know, say a door closes, the job doesn't work out. Right away, people are questioning, why is this happening to me, God? I'm a good person. And we have to realize that God is the one that's holding the handle. He can open and close the door at any time. When the door closes and opportunity doesn't go your way, that could be God as well. You know, so it's and another thing, too, is like, you know, people right away want to blame the devil, blame the enemy. Sometimes it's choices we've made, you know, so we have to take responsibility for our own actions. But like to your point, too, I really think and I hope as we grow as a, as a nation, as a community, as a world, that we could see past these average differences and, and really ask ourselves what's beneath and what's below the surface. You know, how do I truly feel about certain things? And maybe there's things that I need to work on. Instead of blaming this one needs to make a change. And this one, what about yourself? Think about things that you need to change. You know what I mean? Like certain things like that. And I try to explain it like that moment of hesitation when you see someone walk past, like beneath the surface, how do I feel when I see that person? That slight moment, do I hesitate? Do I stop? Do I look at them differently? That's the moment that you need to ask yourself, why do I believe that way? And how do I change that? Because like you said, we all have a belief system. So Ask yourself those questions. What's beneath the surface? Why do I do certain things? No one's going to tell you, you know, you have to know, you know, you know, and, and don't ask people for advice because you're going to filter it however you want. But truly, what's beneath the surface? And before you say I'm your brother and sister, then, 
you know, you really need to believe that because it's easy to say, but, you know, you got to truly believe that. And we have to work towards just unity and love. That's it. Thank you. No problem. Okay, so perfect. Thank you so much for doing this podcast with me today. You are amazing. Oh, thank you. And this concludes our podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and have a great day, everyone. Bye. Thank you very much, guys. God bless.